Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 111 of the Retrospectors podcast, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Turlings. James, Roller Coaster Tycoon is a game that I played a lot as a kid, but you had never played before we played it for the show. What is it that made you pick this game? Well, we hadn't done like a sim type game in quite a while, right? Like the last one we did was Emperor Rise of the Middle Kingdom. Um, and I'd actually had the itch for quite a while, even as like, long ago as when we did that game of playing another one, because I found that game to be just, you know, the most enjoyable thing ever. Hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of people hold this game in quite high regard even now. Um, especially a couple of my friends who absolutely adore Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Um, so, you know, this one had kind of been a long time coming and, uh, you know, kind of really glad to pick this for the show. You were a bit um, hesitant though, right? Because you'd played this one before? Yeah, I think that, well, there's a couple of reasons for that. The first is that you always, you know, part of the goal of this show is to critically examine things through a modern lens. And with the games that we played a lot when we were kids, that can be harder to do. It can be harder to yeah. divorce yourself from the nostalgia. But I think I also had a kind of a level of familiarity with this game that I wasn't sure how much new I would discover. Some of the time when you go back to these games that you played when you were younger, you come back with a fresh and unique perspective and you feel like you can get something new out of them. With Rollercoaster Tycoon, I just had a feeling in the back of my head that I had a pretty good understanding of what the game was all about already. Uh, and I guess we'll find out whether that's true or not in the episode. Yeah, I was kind of worried I was going to have that opinion when we did Metal Gear Solid 1, just because I'd played it so many times already. But we ended up getting like a lot of you know more wild opinions out there um, on that one this time, which I thought was fascinating. So hopefully... Uh, you found something interesting to talk about with this one, or I could just spend most of the show gushing about it either way. <laughs> uh, I definitely have stuff to say about it. I just, um, yeah, definitely a bit reluctant, and maybe maybe some mm. of those feelings were validated uh, to some degree. Uh, not that uh, that I think Rollercoaster Tycoon is a bad game by any stretch, and um, I mean, the fact that it was a staple of everyone's PCs in the you know, late 90s, early 2000s is testament to that. But uh, I think that it is a very particular kind of game that creates a very particular kind of experience that maybe isn't as universal as some people might claim. Mm. So for those who have never listened to us before, James and I are the Retrospectors podcast. Each and every three weeks, we play through a classic game of the past with the intention of evaluating it from a modern perspective. We're not here to nostalgically reminisce on these games, and we're not here to understand and appreciate the history of these games which are of course important and valuable things to do in many ways but on this show we're here to critically examine these games from a modern perspective with a simple question we're trying to answer is are these games fun to play today this is not a fair perspective in many ways but we do think that it does allow us to discover when games have truly artistically transcended the test of time and we have found over the years that while many of these old games have not been particularly enjoyable experiences just as many are at least as good as the the modern their modern contemporaries and in some cases even better precisely because of their in inverted commas outdated design so we're kind of like going on a journey through time to see which of these games have stood the test of time 
So Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. So just a bit of info about this game. We don't go into a tremendous amount of detail, but it's good to give some basic background. It's a theme park sim developed by Infogrames Interactive uh, by Chris Sawyer, with who has you know famously puts his name behind it, behind it. It was first released in 2002 for PC. Uh, in 2004, they released the Triple Thrill Pack, which included two expansions, which had uh, released in 2003 and 4. And this just combines them all into one package. This episode, we played a modded version of the Triple Thrill Pack called Open Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, which basically lets the game run on modern systems and has various quality of life features, including a fast forward button. Um, it's a common thread that games from the late 90s and early 2000s, particularly on this show, are a nightmare. There's something about uh, like Windows 98, Windows 2000 um, emulation that really well not emulation but compatibility that really suffers on modern pcs so if you're playing a game from this era you almost always have to play a modern version or you have to deal with a zillion errors like we did with red alert 2 a long time ago with episode 5 mm. um i'm happy to say this open roller coaster tycoon 2 mod worked flawlessly um and the quality of life features are very much appreciated similar experience for you james yeah, definitely. It was super easy to install and, um, you know, basically everything that I it added, um, I appreciated immensely. Um, special shout out again to the fast forward feature. I feel like uh, I would have found the game much less playable without being able to speed it up, you know, 10 times on some of the later maps. Um, and just, you know, full widescreen support, key binding assistance, all that good stuff. It was just excellent and, you know, completely completely painless to install so uh i think if you're going to be playing this game on modern systems you know it's basically uh mandatory to play with this mod i think yeah, it's a requirement it, it kind of works a bit uh differently to other mods in that you basically have the files sitting in your folder and then open roller coaster tycoon is a separate client that accesses those files in the i use gog i'm sure you can use steam as well yeah. um and uh it has its own unique uh i guess menu screen and system so it's almost like a remake in some ways uh but it, it still needs the files for the games to work so make sure you get a copy of the game first uh we'll put a link to it in the um in the show notes as well so you can check that out as well yeah should we jump right into it james is there anything i'm missing no i think that's about it so i guess we just jump into how the game plays at a baseline level then well actually we should mention I guess that this game, I, we almost always talk about story first, and Roller Coaster Tycoon is a game without story. What do you mean? My rides had plenty of twists. Shut up, James. That is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the the idea is that uh, when you open up the game, you're given an option to load a game, go to the settings menu, or press new. You press new. And then you select one of the five easy scenarios. There is actually a feature with Open Roller Coaster Tycoon that just lets you select any scenarios. So you can go immediately to the hard ones. Although generally you should start with uh, one of the easier scenarios. So you just click click one of the scenarios and you're in the game immediately. Oh, we should talk about the tutorial though, James. Uh, I did. Oh, it's so bad. I was so impressed at how terrible it is. Oh, honestly. The actual content of the tutorial is fine, it's just the way it's delivered is so poor. 
to the point that um, Open Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 doesn't actually give you access to the tutorial. Um, you have to boot up the original game. So the way it works is you click tutorial and it loads you into a park and it takes control of your mouse and, you know, pops up text boxes on the screen and, you know, it builds some basic roller coasters and gives you information on how to play the game. All this is well and good, and the content was actually quite helpful for me in beginning with the game. The problem kind of, and the idea behind this is good, but if you move your mouse, you can kind of wrest control away from the tutorial and start playing on your own. So, like, if it's showing you how to build a roller coaster, you can take control and play with the roller coaster. Um, the problem is you can't go back into the tutorial once you break it, so you kind of have to go back to the menu, restart the tutorial, watch it from scratch, and there's quite a big pause between each message box on the screen. And unfortunately, I had this problem where even just, like, turning the volume up with my keyboard was enough to nudge it out of this mode. Like, if your desk shakes a little bit and your mouse moves like one pixel, breaks the tutorial, <laughs> you have to start again from the beginning and it's like 30 minutes long. So, uh, a very frustrating. I had to start the tutorial and just take my hands off my desk and sit back so that I wouldn't, like, you know, go to my second monitor without thinking. Because um, I did that a couple of times. It was very annoying. So terrible uh you know implementation on modern systems where i think a lot of us are kind of expecting to be able to you know look at other stuff while we're doing that i would say that's particularly frustrating for this game because i would say that a big part of its character is tinkering like the the mm. game is it is all about tinkering it's about playing around with things and changing things in small ways so to have the tutorial completely disallow any of that seems insane to me it's a bit frustrating but i did actually find some of the instruction on building rides a bit valuable mm. you can probably figure it out on your own without too much hassle but it like it did help me a bit when i was getting started and um personally i didn't even bother with the tutorial so I mean, you'd already played it so you don't need that shit. well to be clear i i played roller coaster tycoon one that was a version of the game we had but I'm pretty sure Roller Coaster Tycoon is two is just roller it's just Roller Coaster Tycoon one plus. It may as well be an expansion pack for the original yeah. game. It is the same game in most respects with some added rides and features and things like that. But the core of the game is almost identical. Um, unlike mm. the third game, which you know moved to 3D and was a significant shakeup. Um, there's probably no real reason to play the first game anymore outside of if you wanted to play those specific scenarios. And I imagine you can probably, there people have recreated the number one game scenarios in the second game anyway. I mean, the mod comes with those scenarios, so like... Yeah, so yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no meaningful reason to play the original game anymore. Um, as far as I can tell. But yeah, the, I, I played the game a lot. I played without the tutorial. I learned just by doing, and I think I got a decent grasp of the game. I remember I finished uh, most of, if not all, of the original scenarios back when I was a kid after failing miserably a lot. So <laughs> um, definitely felt like a tutorial was overkill, and I don't think I suffered at all for skipping the tutorial. Mm. Um, you're going to learn by doing in this game anyway. Uh I, I think that if you need assistance with some of the basics, just typing it into Google and looking at a Reddit thread will probably give you more useful advice on how to play the game 
than watching the tutorial. Um, so let's get into what the game's actually like, uh, at least particularly when you first start the basic gameplay loop, things like that. So what will happen is, as I said, you click on one of these scenarios, you'll get a couple of a uh, bit of a text scroll explaining the scenario. Like um, the very first one is about you're taking control of the family farm. Usually in this scenario, you'll have a goal. The goal will be something like achieve 700 guests by year four or maintain a park rating over 600 by the end of and you know for three years whatever it is either having a certain number of guests making a certain amount of money having a certain park rating over a certain value uh and usually the uh park that you're in will have one or two sometimes more rides already built kind of giving you a starting point for the aesthetic and direction of the park um from here well what do you do you start building rides you have a ride menu you can go into it you can build all kinds of rides from roller coasters to food stands maybe attractions is a better word uh, you can build toilets you can build merry-go-rounds you can build haunted houses um, you plop down your ride and then you need to build a entrance and an exit with a queue uh, that people can line up in for the entrance and the exit can go directly onto the onto the roads you then tweak your ride you can set the uh the price you can set the music uh and once the ride's opened you're off to the races yeah and then in addition to rides you can hire employees so you'll need repairmen to maintain your rides you'll need handymen to kind of do all sorts of odd jobs from emptying litter bins to cleaning up vomit on the ground from people who got sick on the rides, um, picking up litter when you didn't build enough bins, that kind of thing. And, you know, this kind of ties back into the simulation aspect because the employee, uh, the guests in your park um, have things like hunger values. They can buy things from your shop and the game tracks what they own, like balloons shirts drinks food that kind it of even thing. tracks the amount of money in their pocket like each yeah. guest has a finite amount of money to spend they can't they don't just come in with a million dollars and will buy whatever they want uh when they run out of money they stop buying things because they have no money yeah and different you know different guests have different things that they value like some prefer more thrilling rides others prefer more gentle rides some have a higher tolerance for feeling sick on rides, that kind of thing. Some are richer than others. Um, and the game, you know, you can have like a thousand, a few thousand uh, guests in your park at once and the game tracks all their state independently. Um, and you kind of need to hire, you know, those handymen to kind of clean up their messes when things go wrong. Uh, the sim management aspect kind of goes into your finances as well. The game tracks how much profit you're making each month. Um, you can adjust, manually adjust uh, the prices on your stalls. The game tracks stuff like how much food a food stall needs to purchase, you know, as a cost to their business. Um, you can take loans and there's interest rates. There's like all kinds of numbers that the game in the background is calculating. Although I think it does a fairly good job of not showing too much of it to you so you don't get overwhelmed particularly when it comes to thrill rating for roller coasters, which is actually really complex behind the scenes, but uh, is actually intuitive enough that you don't really need to know, you know, the in-depth specifics to, you know, be successful in your endeavors. Yeah, I've, um, I found a Reddit thread that 
explained it and actually broke it down. And it's convinced me that Chris Sawyer first built this as a roller coaster sim. He was like, I want to recreate, I want to simulate roller coasters. And then he decided to attach a video game to it because it's unbelievable um, all of the factors which go into uh, all the maths that go into these roller coasters and how they work. Yeah, just like as some examples, like if a roller coaster is new, it will be more popular than if it's been there for a few years, it'll stop, you'll stop being able to like charge as much for it. People won't be as excited by the ride. Um, certain, there's so many different types of roller coaster, like wooden roller coasters, which their maintenance issues add up much faster than the shiny expensive ones. Um, and, you know, generally have uh, lots of issues with uh, motion sickness and that kind of thing. Um, the I noticed that the like the physics are actually really cool for the roller coasters. Like it really makes you do stuff like bank your turns to reduce uh, g forces on the passengers, that kind of thing. Like with coasters specifically, there was like so much work done. Um, you know, in terms of attention to detail, that just isn't present with the other ride types, which are very simple by comparison. So, which you, you know, but to some degree, that's also okay. Uh, very expected, right? Like, it's called roller coaster tycoon. But also, right? roller like, coasters are just more complicated. You know, I, I mean, how many ways can you make a um, a Ferris wheel or a merry-go-round crazy complicated and do you even want to make it crazy complicated yep. they could have increased the fidelity and um of how much you can edit these other things but you don't need every ride to be crazy complicated and there is some room to edit uh, other rides like the mini golf courses and stuff like yeah it's not all just preset so when it comes to the complexity of the rides i think it is okay for roller coaster to, for the actual mm. roller coasters to be a level of complexity above and beyond all of the other rides i agree although i will say it's more like 10 levels <laughs> <laughs> that's true it, it, it's it, it's almost its own mini game like you you have you have the game of building um a ride you know all the different rides to make a successful theme park and then you have the sub mini game of building roller coasters I will say it is nice that this isn't something that you need to engage with if you don't want to. Every single yeah. roller coaster type has some preset designs, and if you want, you can just buy those. They're never going to be the most efficient or fun compared to the ones you build yourself, but it is an option if you just cannot be bothered, you know, spending 20 minutes or more trying to build the perfect coaster. Yeah, and I think we'll get more into depth specifically about building roller coasters a bit later. I think for now, I want to start with just the general experience of managing a park from a macro kind of point of view, the like general gameplay loop of building new rides, attracting new guests, um, juggling the problems that more guests introduce, that kind of thing. Um, as a like more experienced player with the game, um, how do you feel about this having you know played it before? Does it stack up to something like when we did Emperor of the Middle Kingdom? Um, or do you think like it occupies its own niche in terms of like the management aspect? I have been ruminating on this for weeks, James, trying mm. to understand in my head because the truth is I kind of bounced off uh roller coaster tycoon um two in a way that i never did with emperor i found emperor to be excellent i was very engaged with it whereas roller tycoon two i never thought 
you know this is a bad game or the game is doing anything badly it's just i didn't feel as enticed to uh engage with it in the same way and i think there's a few reasons for that i think the first thing i want to kind of talk about is the incentives in this game or the structure of the challenge uh roller coaster tycoon 2 will set you a challenge at the beginning of the map and to be clear it probably takes like four to five hours to get through a scenario in roller coaster tycoon this isn't a 40 minutes and you're done kind of game it will it usually takes a significant amount of time to complete a scenario and that something will be something like have you know 1500 guests by the end of year four okay um at that point you are given no more no more instruction or restrictions or hand holding as to how to achieve that goal it's just you need to get 1500 guests by the end of the year and exactly how you do that is entirely up to you uh with emperor what it would do for a given scenario is it would i guess you would say there was a cascading level of complexity in that game when you first yeah. started your goals would be a lot more modest and then as you went deeper and deeper into the game you would still need to maintain your original goals most of the time but they would be expanded upon and there'd be a clear chain of responsibilities and economic chain of um, influence leading from one end to the other with roller coaster tycoon 2 it's just like begin and you kind of just start doing things to eventually reach your late 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 game goal um i think that this makes the game less uh less sticky i i didn't feel the need to immediately play it as much because the main thing attracting me to play roller coaster tycoon was that feeling of satisfaction when your park came together in the end game there wasn't a any kind of like immediate reward or immediate goal as you're kind of going along did you um here's i think this is a question that'll kind of get to the heart of this mm -hmm. um when you completed the mission how likely were you to keep playing that park for some time after beating the mission oh i immediately left you immediately left yeah yeah, and I think that's the big, the key thing here is, right, that for me, there were a couple of parks where I just kept playing, because um, mm. I basically just did not give a shit about the mission. I don't think they're, A, I don't think they're very interesting. I think they're kind of boring, honestly. Um, but to me, I think that's kind of the point. I think this game excels in terms of intrinsic motivation, like, the desire to build a park that looks nice aesthetically and kind of fits together thematically was generally what was motivating me to play more than actually beating the mission and doing things like efficiently maximizing profit or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed this early on with the mission that takes place kind of like in a castle and I tried to yeah. like build my map to the castle theme and I was like, oh, that's pretty fun. Um, and then the mission after, which was probably the mission I had the most fun with, was one where I set a personal goal of, like, doubling down on the theme idea and really trying to match the theme with, like, every decision I made. So mm -hmm. there was a tropical island map, 
Um, and early on, I noticed that you could build entertainers in gorilla costumes. Hmm. And I thought it would be fun to make like a Donkey Kong themed theme park. Um, so basically everything I did was to that theme from like the music choice to using wooden scenery everywhere, um, to building like, you know, red and yellow or, you know, banana colored stuff. Um, to building the exact kinds of food stores that I think that kind of park would have. And by the end of it, I had a really nice looking park that like actually matched what I was going for. And I beat the mission and then I played for another hour or two because it was like very satisfying to just like watch it run. Um, I think if you're not like, and this kind of reminds me of playing like Animal Crossing or something like that, where it's not really like, uh extrinsically motivated like you don't have like goals you're trying to get you don't have the game isn't rewarding you with things for hitting certain checkpoints you're just kind of like enjoying the game for the sake of playing it and kind of like the internal you know sense of gratification you get from doing a good job um so i think if you generally don't get that kind of you know, satisfaction out of games like this, you're probably not gonna get the most, you know, enjoyment out of Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, like in the same way that I did, I guess. So so what you're saying is that at its heart this game is a sandbox game. Like yeah, it yes, feels there are goals, way. but to get them Yeah. The, and the thing is I've never been one for pure sandbox mm. games. And the example I'd give here is Minecraft. Like I think one of the reasons Minecraft was so appealing to me was it still it had all of that you know creativity stuff going on where you could build things but at least uh in the primary mode of minecraft it's you know there's like this progression curve that you're trying to go for yeah and there are risks and there are things there are threats in the world so even as you're building up this aesthetic thing you always have this curve of you know building towards diamonds and all that kind of stuff uh in the back and it's something that's I guess uh, externally motivating you and then you have the nice buildings on the that you know you eventually build a nice place to live or whatever but there it's got both roller coaster tycoon 2 Actually, very much seems to be focused on you really have to be getting some kind of uh intrinsic enjoyment from the aesthetics of the park itself to to for it to stick and for you to want to compulsively play it and i in some ways i would consider this like a criticism of the game's mission structure it do, i think a lot of like simulation type games do this thing where like you know uh if you think of like a city management game you think of things like natural disasters that randomly happen halfway through the map that throw a huge curveball in your plans and you're like struggling to you know fix and balance all of the variables to make like to you know avoid falling into complete chaos uh, or like you know i think even emperor of the middle kingdom had things that would happen halfway through the mission that would throw curveballs at you this game doesn't really do that at all um i found like there's like rain but it barely matters and it actually it's a benefit because it just makes you lots of umbrella money <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I, I really think the game was lacking that kind of thing because I really, like you said with Minecraft, you can have both of these things. Like you can have your cake and eat it too. Um, and I also, like, even though I was getting, you know, that satisfaction out of the aesthetic side of things, I really wasn't 
uh, getting that satisfaction out of the mission structure. And I found that because of that, it started feeling very samey when you played lots of maps in a row. Because even though, like, they give you restrictions, like you can only charge uh, park entry, but you can't charge for rides or vice versa, or you have infinite funds, but you need to keep your park rating above a certain amount. Like, these things... I didn't find that they changed the way the game felt to play enough that um, after I'd played like five or six maps, I really, I didn't have the strong desire to play more. I felt satisfied, um, but it didn't really like string me along with increasing complexity, like you said. I will say it is, I, I do feel a bit weird about this because I don't think a lot of what's here is bad. Mm. I, I, I think that the decision to focus on simulation is actually quite interesting in a lot of ways i just don't find it maybe the words i don't find it compelling like i, I don't i don't yeah. find it and part of that might be that i've played the game before but coming back to it i didn't really find anything about it where it, i was like oh boy i get to play roller coaster tycoon 2 i, I want to shift gears here a bit james and talk about uh something that i do think this game does very well and that's the concept of tweaking Okay. Um, so I think that we've kind of struck on why the gameplay loop of maybe building new rides attractions constantly uh, isn't that fun. But I do think uh, I best... wouldn't say isn't that fun. I would okay, say sure, sorry. It's fun. I, th I think it's really fun on one axis, but not like there's no fun on the other axis. Basically, sure, and that's what I meant. Um. I do think that what this game does well, and I think the most enjoyable part of this game was the tweaking of my existing park to meet the demands of my guests. Mm. So the main feedback loop that you receive on what you're doing right or wrong is literal feedback you get from your guests. Yep. So you can open up a panel which tells you what your guests are thinking. And the guests might be saying anything like uh this park this ride was too intense for me or they'll be talking about how things are good or bad value they'll say man that ride was good value and this should be a signifier for you to charge more um, yeah you, you're being pure capitalistic here you're here to charge as much as you possibly can wrench as much money as you can out of these people and i think that or you know they'll be complaining about queue wait times they'll be like I was waiting too long in this queue. It's like, oh, well, maybe maybe I need a shorter queue here. Maybe I need to build a second ride similar to this so that some people are using that ride. Maybe I'm, once again, charging too little for this ride, which is why so many people are coming to it. Um, and what this means is that the process of building a park isn't just building new things constantly. It's also going back to revisit your existing rides to make sure all of the numbers are correct on on them so that you can be so you're kind of tweaking and calibrating your park at the same time that you're expanding it and i really like this i like this direct feedback system you get from the guests and if lots of guests are saying it you definitely know they're onto something and you know i'm as i was building things up i was constantly um you know adding little changes and, and trying to get things just right to, you know, maximize the value of the of the ride in different ways. Yeah, I think this is kind of like the quintessential, like, balancing act um, in, in management sims that is just so addictive. Like, 
I love this um, in Emperor as well, where like you have to balance your trade and like the kinds of buildings you have to build. And just responding to feedback and putting out fires is just really fun in this game. Like, I would always run into this scenario where I built a new ride and then I put like a first aid section near the exit and then there were still people throwing up on the pavement so I had to build more first aid and hire more handymen. You know, that kind of thing. Build more bins. Build more bins, empty more bins, move like, make better paths to reduce like crowding, that kind of thing. Um that aspect is really good um yeah. i really enjoyed it the fact that the feedback is so high quality that you can like click on every little dude in your park and get you know a mountain of feedback from them so you know it's really responsive very easy to see where you need to fix things um and lots of the times like the things you need to fix they really make sense right like you need to buy more handymen or repairmen because you know, the rides keep breaking down because you've gotten so big. Um, I thought it was excellent. Um, this is definitely the most engaging part of the game for me. Like, that and, like, making a new cool coaster and then being happy with how you built it. Um, kind of the things that just keep you playing over and over. Um, and the thing is, you're given the tools to reasonably fix things as well. I, I think that's important as well. I think in Emperor, sometimes it felt like planning was more important than tweaking yeah like it was very very important that you plan things correctly and if you made a mistake it could sometimes be devastating i remember with emperor uh your uh storage platforms if they collapsed you lost every single resource on that storage so platform. bad yeah gone immediately uh and hundreds the, of fire stations let's the, go the, the blocks on your economic system could sometimes take a long time to solve it's like oh i don't have enough employees i guess i need to build some more houses wait for people to move in yada 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 the process of fixing your mistakes it was still enjoyable but it was also like it's very punishing. punishing so you, you were kind of very much forced to plan perfectly and you got better and better at planning perfectly as you proceeded with roller coaster tycoon you're not really punished for making a bad plan and executing on it in nearly the same way because of how much freedom and how easy it is to tweak things when you've made a mistake so in that sense it's very um forgiving to the player it, it's not trying to you know make the player suffer if they make a mistake it wants you to experiment and try with different things and react to the feedback you get and i think that's a really good thing as well um even if you know actually the process of expanding can sometimes feel a little repetitive the process of tweaking your part to your customers needs never feels that way i do think still that again the game lacks a bit of escalation in this whereas like the problems you solve at the start of your park are very similar to the problems you solve towards the end of your That's park. On a bigger scale yeah yeah i wish they, there had been problems that started manifesting later on to keep the gameplay interesting and throwing curveballs again i think that would really like keep me hooked um for... do, do you have an idea of like what kinds of problems could emerge um I think they could maybe like you kind of do get stuff like your rides break like getting old and you needing to do maintenance on them but I don't if they could emphasize that a bit more um they could uh include things like 
Maybe there could be competition from other parks or something like that. So it starts being like an advertising problem once you've got maybe money. Maybe you'd have to manage multiple parks at the same time. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and switch between them. Yeah, you have to start trading. Uh, we're just turning it into Emperor at this stage. Yeah. You have to start trading with rival parks or resources. Yeah, they could uh, be like the exchange rate could collapse and then all your shops start like needing to spend more money to make food or something. I don't know. It, well, it's true that the complexity here is somewhat gated by the fact that there's only one resource, money. Yeah. Um, I think that a large part of what made Emperor interesting in work was, a fa- was the huge diversity of resources you had to juggle. Uh, if, you have when to build just... mines to mine metal to make roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to have to have woodcutters out there cutting yeah. down wood. To yeah, you can. You can yeah, you can. Ma- oh my god! Imagine an Ooh. RTS roller coaster sim. Yeah, you have to <laughs> chop, chop wood to build wooden roller coasters, uh, and then you can and research metal. You enter the Iron Age <laughs> of roller coasters. <laughs> Honestly, the gameplay <laughs> loop of that would be fun, despite how nonsensical it would be. Oh, it just be our, Emperor, right? Don't steal our idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just the... like, And the thing is, I feel like this isn't the game like I wanted it to be, and I bounced off it a bit, but I don't necessarily think, once again, that this means the game is bad. Like, it, it's a, it's a, At its heart, it's like a sandbox simulation kind of game it lacks a lot of the things that I would normally associate with games, you know, um, with its, you know, challenge and progressive difficulty curve and the uh, extrinsic rewards. Um, And I think that personally, I just am not the biggest fan of these kinds of games. Like, Animal Crossing sounds like my personal hell, honestly. I, I don't think Ooh, I Ooh, let's could do ever, Animal Crossing. I, I don't think I could ever play that game in a million years and be anything else but frustrated. Like it's got it's like grinding the game in a in a lot of ways, which is, you know, my personal hell. Uh, I think that yeah, it a lot of my problems with this game are the game just trying to cater to an audience that definitely isn't me. Um so I don't want to be too harsh on it, but for a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people in my shoes will bounce off this game in a similar way to me. Mm. And I think that's fair. And like to me, these things we've discussed are like very minor gripes overall. Like I still think the core game is really good. Um, I just think the core like, game is solid, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not saying there's a problem here with the design. It's just a, a design that may not appeal to a lot of people. Yeah, it's just that with some tweaks, it could be like really excellent in my opinion. Although you know. I think it still is, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Let's have a music break, games. Yeah, interesting game to talk about music for because there actually isn't any ambient music other than the music you specifically set on your ride. But the problem for me in this game is that you set like the music in the middle of your park to be this one track that's like one minute long, and then you play the game for like four hours. It just like <laughs> becomes this earworm that you hear constantly. Um, And like many games we've done before where you hear a short track over and over, it becomes a living hell. Um, So I actually think some of the tracks are great and thematic. Like there's all sorts of themes, like there's a space theme, a jungle theme, ragtime, rock, all anything that you can think of. And it really helps to give like personality to the ride you're constructing based on the theme. But again, 
no matter how good the music is, when you know you've got one ride playing the same track for four hours, it gets a bit grating. So most of the time, I ended up turning the music off. Although I left the sound effects on because there's nothing better than the sound of money. Yeah, I think this is very much the kind of game you would um, put a podcast on to play. Hint, hint. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I was not a big fan of the music. I did put music on some of my rides, uh, but yeah, didn't find anything particularly appealing about any of these tracks. They're all extremely simplistic. I do think that they are a good aesthetic fit. Um, They do sound very carnival-y, but outside of that, I wasn't particularly entranced by them. Um, I mostly played without music. So... I picked one of the rock themes um, that I play put on most of my uh, parks. I remember this one very distinctly because it was the last piece of music I picked on my Donkey Kong um, <laughs> theme park. Although I don't know how this one fits, but you know it was really good. So this is the rock theme. that was the rock theme so patrick is it time to get into the nitty-gritty of constructing toasters i think it is and i'm very interested to hear what your experience was like with this james um i'd built roller coasters and roller coaster tycoon one but i wouldn't say i was anywhere near good at it but i know that you were starting completely from scratch so did you like look up a guide to help you how to do it or you just gave it a go and built the best thing you could. I pretty much winged it every time, um, and each time I ran into the same issues um, and actually ended up uh, defaulting to the default rides a lot near the end of my playthrough, um, more than I'd like to admit, honestly, but there are, like, I find the first 90% of ride construction to be a blast. Like, you can do all sorts of fun things with it. You can do things like you can make a loop, and then you can have the track wrap around and thread the needle through the loop, right? You can do all, and you can have this huge spaghetti tangle of track, depending on the coaster type you're building. Um, you can go like over the water, you can make like buildings that go over the tracks. You can do all sorts of fun things with the theme. 
and I would have a blast with that um, until I got to the very end of track construction where you need to link the end of your track up with the start of the station platform and then I would spend like six tries like missing the platform and not having enough room to get it to connect smoothly and I found that process so frustrating that it kind of like put me off building them myself uh, in a lot of times. Do you mean you had times. issues with like what what level of elevation you were on? Like you yeah, weren't able to see where you were? that kind of thing and like not planning out like because you can only like lots of roller coasters have set angles that their track can curve like sometimes mm -hmm. I would curve it like I would not bring the track at the right spot so the curve wouldn't line up that kind of thing. Yeah, each roller coaster has its own unique tile set, basically, yeah. that you can use to build that coaster. And there must be like 10 or 12, maybe more, types of roller coaster, each with their own set, um, and little gimmicks. Like, some of them are self-powered, so you don't need chain ramps at the start. Some of them do. Some of them are water-based. Um, there's all sorts of stuff in there. Um, but yeah, man, I found that bit at the end so frustrating. I really wish... There was like a button that said like link up to the platform and it did the end bit for you. That did it would, automatically. That yeah. would yeah, that would immensely improve my enjoyment of the system. But like other than me just being bad at it, like I think it's really good. There is like so much stuff you can do. Like I really think it plays into the, the roller coaster fantasy very well. How did you feel about the fact that you basically build roller coasters tile by tile from the start of the track to the end, and that you have to do this all in real time while while your park is currently operating? You can't do it in a pause menu. Uh, to me, it seemed like the number one problem with the designs of roller coasters is that there doesn't seem to be a good way to conceptualize a design in your head and then yeah. realize that design it's very much a you're just trying things and hope hoping it works out um and that means that when you're halfway through your ride you still don't have an idea really of what your what a finished ride will look like and i understand that you know when you get good enough at using these tools you probably can um just just do it off the top of your head but my main problem with roller coaster design is that I didn't know how to come up with a finished concept and then execute on that concept because there's no real dedicated planning a roller coaster tool. It's just uh, build a roller coaster tile by tile tool. Yeah, I didn't mind it so much. The thing that frustrated me the most was that, like, when I forgot that you couldn't build tiles while paused. So with the way the elevation works is you can hold your mouse over a tile and that will highlight what you're going to build at the ground level. And then you can hold shift and move the mouse to change the elevation. So you can drag it up like six levels and then line it up with the piece of track you're trying to, or the, you know, the pathway you're trying to build on. And maybe this was more for like when you were building shops um, over broadwalks or something. And then you would click and it would go, you can't build while paused, but you can't press spacebar to unpause while you've got like, like the shop built like halfway through building. So you need to like let go, unpause, move the shop to the right position, 
then fiddle with the height again, and then you can build it. If it let you unpause while you had, you know, shift held and were fiddling with the elevation, I would have, like, way less of a problem. That was the thing that was mostly making me really mad um, <laughs> with the pausing, honestly. Um, I also had issues with money. Like, multiple times I'd start building a roller coaster and then not realize all the kind of lands editing I'd have to do to get oh, it working. It's so expensive. And then I'd run out of money halfway through building it and I'd be like, okay, what now? <laughs> Take loans. <laughs> what do I do? Lots of loans. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean that. And also, I just had to create a save anytime before I tried to build a coaster. It's it, it's almost weird because I just spent a lot of time talking about how Roller Coaster Tycoon isn't punishing and it lets you experiment. And then the roller coasters feel like the exact opposite. It feels like uh, it's so difficult to learn and it's so easy to make mistakes and it's so difficult to recover from those mistakes that you're kind of very much pushed towards just building the save designs that are already there. It's possible the intention here is you're meant to play Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 for 100 hours and you're meant to save your own designs as you've hit successful yep. ones. And over time, you build up your own personal bank of your own successful role, which is cool. Like, uh, there's no denying that's cool. But for someone who's only going to play this game for a more reasonable length of time, it feels so much easier just to click on the design that's already there and put it down and get back to the managing of your park as a whole mm. than struggling through the frustrating frustration of trying to nail the perfect coaster design. On the topic of terrain editing, I mm. found it like there are some fiddly settings you have to pick to make sure you don't screw. If you screw up, on moving a piece of terrain and it like drags down a whole bunch it just costs you like your entire you know stack of cash to fix it it's yeah. like it's so punishing is there, is there an undo button when you mess I up terrain? i don't think so then yeah if you mess up terrain management you just have to spend money fixing it up again yeah and it looks and you terrible can, you can edit, too you can edit a lot of terrain at once as well so it can drain your funds very quickly Actually, um, it's funny. One of the desert maps, there's like two desert maps in a row if you play the scenarios in order. And the second one, I was like, I already didn't like the way the first one looked. So I'm just going to spend, and there was no time limits. So I just like put the game into fast forward, made a lot of money, and then just terraformed the whole park into a jungle <laughs> and then built my park on it. It was funny. Um, there's like lots of silly things you can do with that. Um, I wanted to ask you: Did you like? Did you lean into being an evil capitalist in this game? It like I feel like it absolutely. Push, it like pushes you towards doing that, right? Like, yeah, I was. I was actually gonna say. I think this is the other thing which was a little, a little bit of a turnoff for me in some ways. How coldly capitalistic <laughs> this game is. So playing Emperor. I would say there's still like obviously this capitalistic drive at the middle of that game, but to me it was always more about right, right, you know, raising the lives of my the standards of my citizens, you yeah. know, because you get to see them move from their shitty houses to nicer and nicer houses over time, and they start demanding luxury goods, and you get to basically improve the city as a whole for everyone and everyone living in it, except you know the um. You know the people down near the mines who are just slave labor. But anyway, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, in this meanwhile, game, 
I'm gonna charge $50 for an umbrella so when it rains they have no choice but to lose their life savings buying umbrellas or get soaked. And I'm gonna build a section that's just coffee shops and expensive bathrooms. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's it's like you're not. I guess the thing motivating you in a gameplay sense money. is just making is yeah. money, right? It's not. It's and I know this. This might seem like a small distinction, but it's not about making the best possible experience that you can. For the people going into park it's about making bank and while that may seem like a meaningless distinction i do think it matters i do think that that can affect um your mindset with this game uh there's something horrible about what you're doing when someone says something is good value your immediate instinct Ooh, is i to should jack charge the prices more yeah <laughs> yeah which which i don't know it feels bad on some level once again this isn't a bad thing like the game is a simulation um but I, this did actually occur to me and it bothered me on some level and i think that another one of the reasons i prefer emperor is the slight shift in uh the i guess the aesthetic nature of your goals oh i just fully leaned into it and was like yep i'm a <laughs> businessman i'm horrifically evil let's go <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's funny i i don't think it's a bad thing by any stretch but it did uh it definitely did occur to me mm. Yeah, so I'd say, like, to wrap back around to Coaster specifically, like, I think mm. the simulation aspect is incredible, and you can, and I spent a bit of time looking up other people's cool designs, and I saw this one where, like, um, they had built five roller coasters that were, like, interlocked into one big spaghetti, and the game actually in the background, like, if you have one ride go through another ride, it actually adds a lot of thrill rating to the ride. Um, oh really yeah that's yeah amazing. in that post you linked me i was like wow that's really cool um there's like yeah there's so many little variables that add up to whether or not people like a ride it's like awesome so in terms of like simulation like 10 out of 10 in terms of like building the rides you can build something good and if you're good at it unlike me uh you know <laughs> i'd give it quite a high rating too if you find it fr it can be really frustrating though if you suck like me <laughs> um so from the like like the user experience point of view i don't give it a very high rating honestly like it's quite frustrating at times well, this is where the lack of learning curve hurts at the most right the lack of learning curve for the rest of the game is less of an issue because of uh how because it's not particularly punishing but the lack of learning curve for the far more complicated roller coasters does feel like an oversight to me although to be fair like if you do push through it and you become like you know an expert coaster builder in this game it probably feels really good because of how frustrating it was at the beginning right like that like yeah the difference actually does matter so i imagine there's people listening to us right now that are masters of coaster design that are thinking that we're idiots and we are but you know it's frustrating to begin with i don't and this is where a lot of the depth of the game is yeah. if you can't just remove how complicated the coasters are this is the primary appeal for a lot of people and if you're going to play this game long term this will be the thing that keeps you coming back because you will master the general park management um much 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 faster then you will then you will master roller coaster design honestly seen... the like 
the attention to detail of the coasters had me eventually like going through YouTube videos about roller coasters in the real world. I think uh, <laughs> I think there's a large audience of this game that that is going to be doing that as well, right? Like I found that kind of fun, like learning about it from an engineering point of view. Yeah, I might post this Reddit thread as well because it's just hilarious. Like it's it's almost gobbledygook with how complicated it is. <laughs> All the various things which determine intensity and thrill factor. It's and G forces and like oh, yeah, it's, sick. it's it's complete madness. This is this is a very good roller coaster sim. You know, like there's no doubt about it. The game is just well made in general, right? Like it runs on a toaster. The install size is like eight hundred megabytes or something like. Uh, it's like coded in assembly, so it's lightning fast. Um, you can have thousands of guests all running around your park at once. Um, and your game it, doesn't crash. It has no problem with that whatsoever. Um, I, you know, I think that it's just very well designed, at least from a software point of view. I do wonder if you had like a PC that was built in the nineties, if you'd start like dropping to ten frames per second, though. I wonder. Yeah, I'd yeah. Be interested. But obviously, on on modern PCs, it it just it has just, zero issues with uh. It with runs that like a dream. It's, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, did you want to take another quick music break, and then we can discuss the aesthetics of the game? Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm gonna go with well. It's your turn, Wow, isn't James. It? How rude. <laughs> Just immediately scoops up the second break. Honestly, I wouldn't even mind. Um, I went with the uh, spooky theme. I think it's called Haunted. So this is the scary theme that you put in the haunted houses. Oh, Mr. Scary. Bones Wild Ride. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All right, here we go.
All right, that was the skeleton theme. Um, <laughs> so we want to talk about the aesthetics. So um, my only like real point of comparison, as we've been doing throughout the episode, is Emperor Rise of the Middle Kingdom, which I think looks substantially better than this game, actually. Um, I think that all of Roller Coaster Tycoons 2's eggs visually are in the roller coasters, in the roller coaster basket, um, which I think like the coasters animate and look really cool. Um, I think the actual like shop design and the like the scenery outside of the coasters is a bit bland, honestly. Um, but in terms of atmosphere and vibe, I think it nails it. Like the sound of people screaming on roller coasters, like the sound of money, the sound of them walking around, that kind of thing. Like it just it fits the theme park really well, even if um, visually, I don't think. It's super impressive or anything. I think Roller Coaster Tycoon 2's visuals are a classic example of it being greater than the sum of its parts. Because I do agree with you. If you, particularly if you zoom in on an individual ride or whatever, it's very unimpressive, particularly compared to something like Emperor, which has so much detail infused into every single structure with the little animations that play. Where I think the game looks fantastic is when your park is starting to get into its final stages. When you zoom out and you see that yeah. park holistically with all the guests moving around, all the different rides in motion. Basically seeing your park from bird's eye view when it's all kicking at top gear. I think the game does look fantastic from that perspective. If you concentrate on any individual element, except for the coasters, you'll probably be disappointed. But taking in the warmth, the warm glow of that park as a whole has always felt good to me. And I still think it looks good to this day. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, the, all of the joy from the visuals are like from what you've built rather than like the, it looking good inherently, like graphically. Um, mm. And from that point of view, I can agree. I actually was wishing there was more tile sets. There's like a lot already, hmm. but I was like, if there's even more theming, you know, it would be awesome. This game could honestly do the like the Sims thing of just having mountains of aesthetic DLC and people would like that, I think. <laughs> I think so too, particularly because I think a lot of the long appeal, uh, long-term appeal is tied up in that. Yeah, or just uh, mod support. It's, you know, it probably has all that already, right? I just didn't look for it. But... A lot of custom tile sets. Oh, I'm, I've got no doubt it exists. Mm. Yeah. Be awesome. Yeah, it, so, like, so, so do, did you think that uh, the? Because to me, a lot of the appeal is uh, kind of watching your park grow as well. Yeah, there's a very different feel to your park when you have three rides and there are some guests walking around to those so when it's absolutely game, packed bustling yeah, yeah when it's absolutely packed because it does feel like your park's alive i, I think just that pumping that's... money into advertising and like yeah. barely fitting <laughs> you can you can feel when the park is dense with rides and different attractions and guests and you start hearing the ching 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 of money and the the custom you know the squeals as they go on the rides and everything it makes you feel happy. I don't know. There's something about the late game stages where you start to see the culmination of all your hard work and what's presented to you 
and it's far more rewarding to i guess experience that than it is to realize the game's goals yeah that's um, why i kept playing <laughs> in the late yeah. game i was like this is the fun part <laughs> yeah the fun part where i just get to you know sit back sit and there and watch yeah in in the have it run on a second monitor yeah but man i built a good park yeah yeah so i think that um a lot of i think basically the aesthetics of this game are amazing but it's almost it's almost like you have to enjoy watching the park grow it's like that passage of time watching it transform from something you know from from the seedling into something amazing and then that feeling of enjoyment you get from seeing the park alive at the end that makes you feel amazing if you were just given that park immediately like the amazing park straight away and you can do that they have the preset six flags parks in this game i mean i don't get anything out of that what i get out of it is the feeling of knowing that this started off as something shitty and it's grown into something amazing yeah and that's like yeah the whole part of the appeal that animal crossing has too right like it's like mm. the, the satisfaction of your own effort no, rather than fucking animal crossing man yeah i think you'll you love have it to, you have to wait real time for to watch it progress correct you do have to wait real time but the game can be turned off like if you open the game like six hours later that time will have passed but that's what i mean you you have to you know i, I understand that but you can't just it, it's not just going to grow over time you have to wait days of time oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like happen. it's like you play it for like 30 minutes a day kind of game um, no, it's the kind of game you play for zero minutes a day because I'm not going to put up with that shit. That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think I want to play that kind of game. That's all right. Next year, we'll we'll dedicate the whole year to playing one game of Animal Crossing. <laughs> one game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> How, so do you think this does a better job than Animal Crossing at realizing that kind of growth over time? Or do you think AC does it? I think because the, well, like the newer Animal Crossings just have more stuff, right? Like there's lots mm. you can do. Um, it's different. I think if, uh, it depends, like if you prefer to get your satisfaction out of the like engineering part of making a big cool ride over making like something big and aesthetic, you know, um, mm. I think that's going to appeal to different kinds of people. So I think they kind of satisfy the same itch in different ways. Um, that was most of my notes, honestly. I th yeah, me too. I, I don't have much more else to say. I think we've covered the uh, the core bits. Yeah, so uh, let's head into final impressions then, Patrick. What did you think about Rollercoaster Tycoon 2? Yeah, so this one, this is actually a difficult one for me because I do think that Rollercoaster Tycoon is a well-constructed sandbox sim. I did not really want to play a sandbox sim over the past few weeks. I don't know if it was just the kind of mood I was in or if there's something about this genre that is fundamentally incompatible with me, but... Uh, Overall, I wouldn't recommend it, not because there's anything wrong with the game, just because I don't think it's got that extrinsic motivation that I need. And I don't think it had the gradual step up in challenge over time that I needed. Every time I went into a park, I would mostly do the same things and I would follow the same loops. I enjoyed tweaking the park, but it reaches a point where you are just doing the same thing over and over again. The tweaking obviously will vary depending on what is currently going in in your park, but 
the game's not evolving, I guess, in any meaningful way over your playtime. You are still doing the same thing over and over again. And that just caused me my interest in the game to drop off a cliff, even as I continued to play it. So I I kept wanting to see if the um if it would change from scenario to scenario. Uh, where I do think the game has a lot of depth and something that I probably didn't spend as much time as I should have with is with the roller coaster building and editing. Uh, once again, it was a lack of interest, but I do think that there is there's almost a, an entire game in and of itself with the building of the roller coasters and how it you know matches up with the rest of your park. It's like literally half the game just yeah. building roller coasters. Uh, so I think that. As James said, if you are interested in the kind of mechanical engineering part, this part could appeal to you greatly, far more than the management sim. This is all a lot of words to say that I just don't think Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 is the game for me today in this current era. Um, I do think it's a well-constructed game, but if you're like me and you require or desire extrinsic motivation, you're going to get a lot more from a game like Emperor Rise of the Middle Kingdom as a management game. Um, I don't. I think it's pretty hard to come into the game and hate it, but I think it's pretty easy to come in and be uninspired and uncompelled by it. And unfortunately for me, that's just how I felt at the end of playing it. So it doesn't get a recommend, but there is a large body of people that I would recommend it to. Yeah, so for me, this is an easy recommend. Um, it's a very well-constructed game that does what it's trying to do very well. There's a real satisfaction that comes from building up a park from nothing into making something really spectacular at the end. Like Pat said, you're going to get a bit more enjoyment out of this one if you get a lot out of intrinsic motivation. Like, if you enjoy just making a really aesthetic-looking park, you're going to love this title. I think the developers put an incredible amount of effort into the design of rides, like, and all the kind of variety that comes with them. Like, they really clearly loved their roller coasters when they built this game, to no one's surprise. Um, I think this game hell holds up great. It runs like a dream on modern systems, and it probably did back in the day as well. Um, so, you know, I, the, like, the little flaws that we pointed out with the mission structure and... Uh, the pacing and the difficulty, that's all kind of like whatever in the face of what is really a fairly good sim at the end of the day. The moment-to-moment -moment balancing and tweaking of levers is awesome, and you can really like build something very, very satisfying by the end of each playthrough. My only real true concern is that those different scenarios don't mix things up enough which meant that I kind of like, you know, played six or seven in a row and then felt like I probably don't need to play this ever again. But to some people, that's kind of a good thing, right? Like you can have your fill and be done with it. So Rollercoaster Tycoon 2 gets a very easy recommend from me. I think it's a fantastic game for people who like uh, management style sims. I'm kind of, to some degree, I'm kind of frustrated with my lack of enjoyment with this game because... I don't really have a clear reason for it other than I bounced off it. I do think maybe part of it is the fact that I played this a lot. Or I played number one a lot mm. as a kid. And I have to say, coming back to it, nothing really changed. Like, I think as an adult, I got more efficient with managing my park. Like, I did a better job of it. But my fundamental strategy didn't change. And it didn't really need to change because it's always kind of the same like the the gameplay loop is mostly the same so i wonder if a person who never had experienced this with a gameplay personality like me if they'd come into it they probably would get enough out of it 
to make it worthwhile because of just how well done everything is. It's just, you know, with my past experience playing it, it just felt like exactly the same. And I feel like I've experienced that and I guess I've had my fill, you know? Um, yeah, it's, this has been a, this has been a weird, weird episode, weird game to play for me, James. I did like Emperor more and we've mentioned that game a dozen times already, but, uh, mm. I, still like i think i just inherently like the management genre um maybe like honestly i think i like that thing you pointed out like the lever balancing um you know in the tweaking more than the actual aesthetic design of mm. your parks like i find that kind of thing really enjoyable um so maybe next time we do one of these we look for ones that like lean into that a bit more well i feel like what i really need to do is play because i haven't played many modern management sims and the ones that people keep recommending to me is factorio mm. like factorio is like the end game of of management sims because it's just all about building an increasingly complex engine and it's a game that has a clear a clear goal that you're working towards as well as you're building up the tech tree so i feel like i need to play that and then come back and use that as a key comparison i think it would be good so that about does it thank you so much for listening to us talk about roller coaster Ty tycoon 2 my name is patrick arthur and my co-host is james turlings we are the retrospectors podcast you can find all of our content on our website which is rspodcast.net it's got links to all of our episodes, all 111 of them, a bunch of articles we've written, all of our social media stuff. I've been putting all the episodes on YouTube as well, so you can listen to it there if that is your preferred listening platform. Our most valued social media thing that we use is our Discord server. That's where we do all of our interaction with our community, and it's also where we take game recommendations. So if you have any thoughts, good or bad, about the episode, or if there's a game that you'd like to see us play and give our thoughts on, we strongly encourage you to drop by, and we'll pop a link to that in the show notes so it's easy for you to access. Finally, if you'd like to monetarily support the show, we have a Buy Me A Coffee page. You can either set us up with a subscription or if you just want to make a one-off donation, anything would be greatly appreciated. So with episode 111 out of the way, it's time to talk about what we're playing for the next few weeks. Yeah, and we're doing and something different now, aren't we? <laughs> something radically different, right, James? Definitely haven't played anything like this recently. No, definitely not. <laughs> So I have decided after what for me was an extremely disappointing episode with Metal Gear Solid 1 to continue and play Metal Gear Solid 2. This is something we don't normally do. We tend to diversify our game choices a lot more, but I thought it might be fun considering I'm such a big fan of all the other games in the series with Metal Gear Solid 2 being the only one of the mainstream games um, that I haven't played. I haven't played the PSP ones either, but uh, the major console ones I haven't played, to finally get my hands on and play this for a significant length of time and to see if Metal Gear Solid 2 better reaches the expectations I had of Metal Gear Solid 1. Um, you, you've played number two, right, James? I actually, when I played through the series last, I actually played them all back to back. So this is like just a repeat of that part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I kind of was like when Patrick suggested this originally, I think he wanted us to do them back to back. But I thought we might uh, maybe if I pick a different game between <laughs> each of them, we can, um, you know, keep keep mixing things up. But I'm kind of interested to hear your opinions on it. Like, I really liked one, um, uh, spoilers, unlike you, 
Um, and oh, man. I enjoyed I, it I more like... than two, so I think uh, we're going to have some very different opinions on this. The more I think about it, the more, like, the more I just do not understand why people hold that game in such high regard. But I, I think I'm just a different type of person to most people. So I've been watching someone play through... Uh, near automata yeah because i've tried to play that game a number of times and just cannot get into it and i watch them play it and the gameplay is complete shit it's terrible like it's terrible it's not it's not good it's not passable it's repetitive shit it has mmo quest design and it's it's bad now there is a lot of cool things going on like with the os chips and everything but the actual experience of playing the combat in that video game is terrible. The reason I always stop playing it is when, like, I keep realizing that if you mash dodge, you have, like, there's no gap in your iframes, so you're essentially invulnerable to damage. Like, it seems yeah. like it's too easy. I don't know. I like all the, like, fourth wall breaking stuff that game does, but in terms of the actual combat, I find it kind of boring. But the thing is, James, how can anyone say this is the best game ever made, this game changed my life, when the gameplay is that shit. It's like... It's because they really value gonna... the, like, the weird <sighs> stuff the plot's doing, right? Absolutely. But if you're going to make that, you need to have a qualifying statement in there because you're basically lying to people if you don't straight up say the gameplay is terrible. It's, it's not it's like, like... It's at least... It's like false advertising. It's like... I think at least it, the gameplay feels, like, fluid and, like, controls responsively from that kind uh, of thing. It point. doesn't, though. It's so much worse than the other Platinum games. It, much, much worse than Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, which have extremely tight control schemes. I tell you this, it looks good. Like, yeah, it looks amazing. Flashy, you press right? buttons. Yeah, it's flashy. But in terms of, like, how it actually feels to control and how... Your actions on the controller correspond. Like, too easy. Yeah, I, the point. I guess the point I'm trying to get at is that I've realized that caring about gameplay in video games is not as mainstream an opinion as I thought it was. No, it definitely <laughs> isn't. All, all of these video games with terrible gameplay get endless praise, and I feel like that's okay. It's okay to like a video game that has bad gameplay. I just feel like there's a kind of dishonesty with how these games are presented you know it's like you should be saying the gameplay is bad and acknowledging that that's a major part of the experience that is going but to take those a people time. do like the gameplay right do they yeah okay i thought it was more they were putting up with it but no i don't, I don't think that's don't, the case i think the fact I, that it's easy is like a like a plus for most people right i don't understand these people they're not they're not my kind of people james i, ju I just don't get it <laughs> yeah and this i mean we're getting into the jrpg thing again ultimately but but yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping metal gear solid 2 has better gameplay and from what little i've played at the tanker level i suspect it does it's okay my problem with it is that like even though like from a technical standpoint it's a visual upgrade i think aesthetically the game's like way worse than the first one by like yeah. several orders of magnitude like the codec calls look worse the environments look worse it's less moody and atmospheric i like the music less like mm. yeah i just like the first game has a vibe that i really enjoy the second game loses all of that um but has much nicer controls and level design 
which okay. I guess I don't value as much. And which I clearly do. So it should be an interesting episode. So thank you so much for joining us here today, and we'll see you in a few weeks or three weeks for Metal Gear Solid 2. Is it Sons of the Patriots? Sons of Liberty. Yeah, that was so close. Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. See you then, guys. Thank you.